What is going on, everybody, and welcome to Day to Day with TA from Cleve Analytics, presented by the Hammer Betting Network. I'm your host, Eric Pauly, and as always on Day to Day, we're going to be looking at some injury news around the National Football League that you guys should keep an eye on before placing any of your bets for Week 17. TA, how are you? How was your holiday? And how was your Week 16? Hey guys, I hope uh, everybody had a good holiday weekend. It was here in Cleveland. If, if you watched that uh, Brown Saints game, you saw how ridiculously awful it was. So I was in my house after coming. Uh, I was in Florida last week on vacation. Came home and was literally just sat at my house from Saturday until uh, I think until yesterday is the first time I got out of the house in the in the, the entire weekend. So I uh, watched a bunch of football. I had you know uh, family dinners and everything. It was great. I enjoyed the holiday and. Um, yeah, week uh, week sixteen was was decent. It, it was just kind of a, a you know um, a near a break even uh, weekend. So um, had some good good hits, and then I also uh, did something stupid and, and took uh, took the Broncos as a road favorite, and that was probably my worst pick of the season. So uh, but it was uh, it was it was a mixed bag. But I'm looking forward to the final two weeks of the year and into the playoffs. Yeah, very exciting time. We hope everybody had a great holiday weekend. New Year's, of course, coming up, so let's dive into the Week 17 slate and some injuries to consider, starting with Thursday Night Football, the Tennessee Titans hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, a point road favorite. A very interesting storyline for Tennessee. So in order for them to make the playoffs guaranteed and win the AFC South, all they have to do is win next week. Now, the Titans have some players like Derrick Henry and others across that team that are a little bit shaken up and banged up, and there is Somewhat, there was some merit to the Titans potentially sitting some players against the Cowboys this week, so they're 100% for next week. DA, what are you hearing about the situation, including Henry and some other guys that you know really might not suit up for Titans in this game, which even though it's week 17, really might not be too meaningful? Yeah, it's an interesting uh, situation. So I, I had presented it actually on, I think on Sunday maybe, or Saturday. Uh, maybe it was Sunday. It was after the games about how this game might not mean anything, and would even you know the, we could talk about the Jags with the Jags or the Titans. Would they just sit everybody? It sounds like the Jags actually have a shot, um, you know, small percentage chance at a wild card. I think the Titans are out of it, but um, so yeah, there's a chance. I, I did see that that so Derek Henry had a hip issue. Uh, he did not practice yesterday. He was limited today. Um, we'll see. I mean, there's like I said, a short week. They've got a ton of guys on. I mean, they lead the NFL in guys on IR. You got guys like Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry and some guys in the secondary, and along with Derrick Henry, that I can just see either they sit them or maybe they rotate them in, you know, a lot. So we saw this line. The look ahead was minus six to Dallas, and then after everyone kind of had time to think about things, uh, and it was reopening, and it reopened at nine and a half, and now it's up to ten, ten and a half. So I think a lot of that potential is already baked into this line um so i mean if mike Vrabel comes out and says yeah everyone's gonna play and play the full game then maybe this thing ticks back down but otherwise i think this is going to be a double digit spread here um because everyone's just going to assume it's either a lack of motivation or just a um you know a a bunch of guys sitting so it'll be uh, interesting to see what happens here yeah very interesting for my sake i'm hoping derrick henry sits because i'm playing him in a fantasy football playoff so that'd be nice for me but uh very interesting stuff in tennessee not sure that will shake out, so a lot of things to keep into consideration. But moving on to the New Year's Day slate on Sunday, a very important NFC South matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers. Buccaneers won ugly last week, and if they do secure this win, they will secure that NFC South. The Panthers, of course, still in the hunt, so hopefully not going to go down easily. 
some injuries to note on both sides. J.C. Horn, the great defensive back for the Carolina Panthers, he's questionable to play, as well as for the Buccaneers. Tackle well, their tackle Wells, who was also their backup tackle, he got kind of banked up in that Cardinals game, and they would have to move to a third-string tackle if he cannot go. So potentially a big loss against a good Panthers defensive front. T.A., what else are you hearing about this matchup? Yeah, the J.C. Horn situation is really interesting. Um, you know, he's uh, he's one of the better, more underrated um, quarterbacks in the NFL. And uh, especially when you go up against, yeah, Tampa isn't explosive anymore, but they still have good weapons. We know that with Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin and Julio Jones. You know, having him in there is really key because a couple of games that J.C. Horn missed earlier in the season, uh, the, the Panthers secondary uh, really was beat up. Uh, by some some pass offenses so that's a key injury he's got a broken hand and I haven't seen if he's officially or broken wrist I'm not sure if he's officially out but I can't imagine he'll be effective even if he if he does play so um, you know clearly clearly an issue there and yeah with with Wells you know Wells out uh, Donovan Smith I believe is questionable as well they're starting left tackle and Wells would have been uh, the, the starter there. So the, that's a dicey situation. If Donovan Smith is also out, we know that the, the bucks have been decimated along the O line all season. So, um, you know, they did get Tristan Wirfs back last week, but you know, if Wells can't go, if Donovan Smith can't go, you know, we're looking at uh, Brandon, someone named Brandon Walton, who's uh, um, uh, undrafted free agent uh, from in 2020, who's only played uh, about 150 snaps. So, um, very unproven guy. And again, against Brian Burns, et cetera, it could be a tough matchup. So both teams dealing with, with some issues and, you know, this line seen a lot of, uh, a lot of movement. It was actually seven in the look ahead, uh, which was interesting. I actually thought about taking it, but you know, wasn't sure if, uh, in case Tampa blew out Arizona, I didn't want to touch it, but, uh, that line has now dr- trickled down to three. So, um, I think that's probably where it will settle, but both, both teams dealing with, with injuries here, they're, they're something to monitor. Yeah, definitely a must-win game for both of those teams. That line reopened at Tampa Bay minus four and is now sitting at three, but of course a lot of time for that to move. Moving on to another matchup with big injuries, the New Orleans Saints headed to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, and of course Jalen Hurts did not play last week with a shoulder injury, excuse me, a shoulder injury, and he is questionable again this week. And that's not to say that Gardner Minshew did not do a good job in relief. So regardless of if Hurts can go or not, uh, it seems like the Eagles quarterback situation is in good hands. But some other more important injuries potentially are along the offensive line with Lane Johnson, that right tackle going down with an injury last week, and the defensive end, and on the defensive side of the ball, Avante Maddox, a cornerback, he is also dealing with some injuries. And for the Saints, they've been ha- without Chris Olave for at least two weeks now, and he's missed some time throughout this season. He's still questionable, and that's a big weapon for the Saints. Ti, what else are you seeing in the Eagles Saints matchup for this week? Yeah, Lane Johnson's a big injury. Um, he's a uh one of the best right tackles in the NFL and one of the best tackles in general. So that, that's a huge, huge loss. Looks like Jack Driscoll, uh, who's, who's played, you know, played a decent amount last year and a little bit this year. Um, he'll probably fill in. He's not as, he's not nearly as an effective um, tackle. Obviously he's Lane Johnson, but at least he has some experience. So, you know, that, that's going to hurt them, but you know, Lane Johnson's not allowed a single sack all season. So uh, on, on, you know, over 500 pass block snaps. So, Clearly a big, big drop-off here for that offensive line that's been um, really been dominant all season. There are, um, you know, the, the, the secondary has had some issues. Avante Maddox now, um, it's really been the slot cornerback position uh, that has been, you know, affected here. And Avante Maddox uh, got hurt. It's an important piece uh, in the slot considering 
Um, CJ Gardner Johnson, you know, he's also been out. So, you know, they need one of those guys to get back uh, healthy in order to uh, um, you know, make that defense whole. We saw on that third and 30 uh, play that, you know, um, not having that secondary intact can, you know, miscommunication can really cause some issues in a big play like that. So, you know, those two guys, uh, Maddox being out, looks like for the regular season, Johnson could be back this week, but, you know, that remains to be seen. That That's definitely a, a spot that Eagles fans will want to take a look at. Uh, and then obviously with Jay, Jalen Hurts, you know, we, I wasn't here last week, but I was among <laughs> among the many that got in on uh, the Eagle or on the Cowboys early last week. I actually got in and it had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. I just I had a feeling uh, that the Eagles would play some things safe. Um, I thought they would sit some other guys um, and not rush others back. So I actually had Dallas minus one and it ended up closing with four and a half. But um, you know, I think Hertz is going to play. Uh, I think that they, there's a, there's a couple of reasons. One, they just want to, they want to win this game, just end it, the, win the division, not deal with next week. They'll sit everybody next week. Um, and so get that out of the way. They don't want to bring Hertz back, uh, you know, in week 18, if they don't have to. Uh, but I also think that they really want to make sure they win because they've got the saints draft pick, right? So they've got their first round pick this year. And if they're going to win a game, a not, any non-playoff game you want to win, it's going to be this one, right? Because that's uh, such a big part uh, for, the, for their uh, future here. So uh, I really think that Hurts is going to come back. My, you know, um, just in hearing some things that he probably could have played last week if it was a playoff game, but, you know, they wanted to be cautious. I think that he's going to play. That's just my guess. We'll see what happens. The line, you know, it's pretty indicative that the market thinks he's going to play, seeing that it's at seven right now. Um, I think with Minshew, it's more more like three and a half, four. So um, that's my guess as to where we are, um, is that Hurts is likely to play here. And then with the Saints, yeah, Chris Olave didn't play last week, neither Jarvis Landry. They didn't matter because they were in that uh, hurricane-level wind in Cleveland. But, uh, you know, Olave is huge. He's their biggest uh, weapon down the field. And you're going to need some score. You're going to need score some points against this Eagles team. So, uh, you know, getting him back would be huge for them. Yeah, will certainly be huge. Going back to that look-ahead line for the Saints-Eagles, I mean, we knew that there were injury concerns for Hurts last week, and still that look-ahead line was Philly minus 5.5, if I'm not mistaken. And now, like T.A. mentioned, open 7, went down to 6.5, but mostly sitting 7 now. So definitely going to be a chance that Jalen Hurts suits up for that game, and uh, that draft pick kind of edge is uh, something uh, very unique, as the Eagles will certainly like to capitalize on a higher pick from the Saints in this upcoming draft. Moving on to another matchup, the Arizona Cardinals heading to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Arizona and Trace McSorley almost pulled off an upset victory against the Buccaneers, but they were unable to finish that game off. And now Colt McCoy, the backup quarterback to Kyler Murray, he is questionable to play. He missed last week again, of course, with the concussion. And Buda Baker, that great safety for Arizona, is also questionable. What do you think about this matchup? Arizona at Atlanta and these injuries, T.I.? Yeah, we shouldn't spend much time on this because both teams are out of contention or out of a playoff spot. But just, you know, there's always uh, betting uh, information, right? So um, the lines are sitting at four, I see, uh, pretty much across the board. Um, and uh, I think that's I think that's a Trace McSorley line. But I think if Colt McCoy plays, this could get under three. I think McCoy, I think the, the drop-off from McCoy to McSorley is a couple points. I think it's at least two, three points. Um, so I think you, if you're interested in Arizona, um, I would take it now because I think if McSorley is announced in, maybe that gets to five, which isn't a big deal going from four to five. But if, uh, if Colt McCoy is announced in, I think this gets down to three. And like I said, it 
could trickle under three. We'll see. I mean, McCoy's a really good backup, one of the best in the NFL. And against a bad defense in Atlanta, I think it's um, it could be pretty valuable. So, um, yeah, Buda Baker stinks. That that defense is going to take a hit. He's the heart and soul of that defense. You know, they did. We did see that JJ Watt is going to has announced his retirement. So, you know, maybe there is some. Um, they'll, they'll be mo- he'll get them motivated on defense. I think so. I don't think that should be an issue. But you know, the secondary is a mess after losing Byron Murphy as well. There's a top top cornerback. So. Um, you know, but is Desmond Ritter, is he the guy who's going to take advantage? I, I'm not sure. So who knows how much it's even worth in this game. Um, but the Colt McCoy uh, question mark is really the, the big one. Yeah, no, certainly Colt McCoy, like you said, one of the best backups in the league. Trace McSorley, even though he put a valiant effort against the Buccaneers on uh, Sunday night, is definitely not the guy moving forward. So I can totally see where you're coming from there. Moving on to a game where the quarterback has already affected the line, whether or not they're going to play or not. Tua Tagovailoa had concussion-like symptoms after that miserable second half against the Packers, and uh, he took a hit in the first half. And now their Miami Dolphins are reporting that he is dealing with, again, some concussion-like symptoms again. And this line opened at Miami minus two and has quickly flipped all the way to New England minus two and a half where it's sitting right now. T.I., what do you think of this news? Do you think this line's going to come back? Do you think Tua's going to play? And what are you really hearing? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not hearing anything, but uh, gosh, uh, another concussion. I can't imagine he plays that would just bring so much scrutiny. Um, but, you know, and, and just for his well-being, I mean, man, after what he suffered through earlier in the season to have another concussion, it's just hard to bring him back. And, you know, obviously this line is, you know, has flipped like you mentioned. I, I think if it's officially announced that Teddy Bridgewater is a starter, I think this goes to three. And then I think you'll get some buyback from the Sharps, I, I think. Um, and maybe this closes at two and a half again. So you might see a little bit of a give and take here, but, um, you know, the, the, the key I think here for, for Teddy Bridgewater is check the, check the weather. If it's, it's going to be really windy, uh, that's a guy you don't want to, to play in wind with, with his, his, uh, weak arm. And we saw how, how much he struggled in Cincinnati earlier this season, um, when they played, uh, without Tua. So, you know, he's definitely worth a couple points. As bad as Tua looked last week, he's, he's definitely uh, more valuable here than, than Teddy. So, yeah, like I said, I think you might see a tug of war between the two and a half and the three. So, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. And, and when it's officially announced, you know, if you like Miami, you might as well just wait. Um, you know, the, even even if Tua's announced in, you know, and it goes back to, you know, pick them or minus one to, to Miami, there's really no difference between one and two and a half. There's not, let's say, no difference, not a gigantic difference. So you might as well wait. Whereas, um, you know, if if two is announced out, this might get to three and you get a better number. So um, that's probably the way I would look if you're looking at Miami. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I think it's a great point you made about the optics for Miami and the National Football League. If Tua Tagovailoa, who of course had that well televised and publicized head injury earlier in the season, uh, if he's coming back from another concussion so soon, definitely could draw some eyeballs and not be the best look. So just from that standpoint. I uh, don't want to say safe to totally assume Tua won't play, but that's definitely some, a factor to keep in mind. And like you said, if you like the Dolphins, I think you could certainly see some threes, like you said. So uh, might as well take a little bit of a breather and see what goes on there. Moving on to, again, another quarterback that has moved this line already. The New York Jets head to Seattle this weekend with a chance to make the playoffs, and all they got to do is win some football games. They do need some help, of course, but first things first is they got to win. And Mike White, who's missed the last two games with a rib injury, is slated to play at Seattle. This line went from Seahawks minus one and a half now to similarly Jets minus two and a half, Jets minus two. Um, what are your concerns, T.I., with Mike White? Because, again, that rib injury seemed to be definitely very fragile. Uh, if he takes a hit, now Zach Wilson is 
off the is inactive. So he will not be the backup regardless. We see how bad he's been. But how does this really kind of go for the Jets right now, dealing with such a fragile injury and having Mike White in this lineup? Uh, is that really such a huge boost right now? Or how are you viewing this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think anybody who, who watched uh, Zach Wilson play the last two weeks, you know, it's a gi- it really is a big difference. I, I, I remember when uh, Mike White was a first announced as a quarterback, I, I viewed this as kind of a one and a half point upgrade, um, maybe two points from Zach Wilson. I think you can make the case that it's three to three and a half. Um, that's how bad he's been. I think Mike White wins that game against Detroit. I think Mike White, at least as competitive last week against the Jags, Zach Wilson was not even competitive there. Um, and we saw this line go from plus one to minus two, two and a half now. I don't think it ever gets a three, uh, but you know, Mike White is definitely a, a much better player. Even Joe Flacco, I would have, um, I would have Flacco as a one point increase over Zach Wilson. So, you know, worst case, you know, Zach uh, or Mike White gets hurt during the game and you got to bring Flacco in, you know, there, there are worse options than, than Joe Flacco um, for, you know, a, a part of the game on the road in a tough spot. He's obviously been through it and he can make some throws, um, but, and, and Seattle's not a, a big pass rush team. Their defense has really struggled of late. One of the worst in the NFL the last month. So, um, you know, you don't need a, heroic uh, performance from a quarterback you just need you know above average so I think both of those guys can do that yeah and I certainly agree with you there uh, Zach Wilson his time in New York and maybe even the National Football League seems to be coming to a close uh, I have a lot of friends since I live in New York that are Jets fans and I told them they have to apologize to me for wasting all my time but I've been trying to tell them for since he was drafted <laughs> that he was not going to be good they're pushing back. You saw this one throw here, this throw there. You know, he won us the game. Uh, no, unfortunately, Zach Wilson is definitely not the guy. Moving on to another game, the Las Vegas Raiders hosting the San Francisco 49ers. And Debo Samuel, that explosive weapon for the 49ers, he is questionable. He might be able to come back from an injury, but the 49ers also might take a cautious approach here. However, there is something at stake for San Francisco. The second seed in the NFC is still technically up for grabs if the Vikings lose this week and they win. They'll have the same record, and then we'll see what happens in Week 17. So definitely stuff to play for for the Niners. The Raiders, unfortunately, not so much. But, T.A., what are you hearing about Debo Samuel and what do you think of this matchup that currently has the San Francisco 49ers as six-point road favorite in Las Vegas? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a tough one because, you know, there isn't much to play for if you're San Francisco is – is it really worth it? I mean, you've got a history of terrible injury luck. Is it really worth pushing your starters for to you know for the small percentage or whatever percentage to get the number two seed? I don't know. Um, not sure how really uh, valuable that is. And be honest, like you may have to face. I got to double check this, but I think if you know if the Packers sneak in there, you know, would they be the eighth seed um, or would they be the last seed that that you'd face? Um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, it'd be the two seven matchup. Do you really want to face them? I don't know. I mean, I know they're not as good as they used to be, but you know, that's an interesting take. You might you know, get to face a, um, you know, a much lesser uh, opponent or quarterback. So it maybe getting the two seed isn't as valuable as, you know, it might seem. Um, and going into Minnesota, if you were the three seed, it, you know, is that really a big deal? <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, I'm not sure. Like I said, it, it'll be interesting to see. You don't you don't want to be too rusty here. I don't I can't imagine they, they rush back Debo, but it looks like he's you know, he might practice this week. So, um, you know, it, it would be let's put it this way. If they do bring back Debo, it tells me a lot about the motivation of this team, because that is something that I'm you know curious about. Um, you know, I, I, I had them last week against Washington. I know some you know, some really smart guys out there that that thought that Washington was a play because, you know, just the, the Niners would take it easy. 
and they, they played their butts off and, you know, whooped, whooped uh, Washington. So if uh, to me, if Debo plays, that's a sign that they're, they're actually trying this week. Um, if he doesn't play, then I think that's, you know, kind of um, look to maybe the Raiders as a, as a play um, against, a, you know, against a Niners team that maybe isn't giving you the best effort uh, uh, in Las Vegas. Yeah, a lot of the San Francisco 49ers duds of this season did come on the road and against run-heavy teams like Atlanta and Chicago early in the season. Of course, that was with Trey Lance, though. But uh, the Las Vegas Bears can run the ball. Niners' run defense is great. So we'll see if, like you said, they come out a little bit flat or if they really are locked in for this playoff push, one of the hottest teams in football, the San Francisco 49ers. Moving on to an important game in the NFC North. I mean, the Vikings have that division locked up. But the Green Bay Packers are going to run the table and get themselves a shot at the postseason. Christian Watson, the rookie wide receiver, who's been fantastic when healthy this year, questionable again for the Packers hosting again the Vikings. Right now the spread sitting at 3 minus 120, but a lot of minus 3.5, minus 105s out there as well. What are you hearing from Christian Watson and other injuries in this game, T.A.? Yeah, I mean, he, he's been their explosive weapon, and, and so he's got a hip injury. He's obviously um, he left the last, um, you know, the Christmas Day game. Um, and so you lose that 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 big play potential uh, on that offense. It's not necessarily just this week, just in general, if they make a run here. You're going to need Watson because you need those explosive plays. I mean, guys like Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, those are they're all, sh- you know, short, intermediate uh, receivers. They, they can't create those, you know, a quick slant to take it 80 yards to the house. So he's huge um, from that, you know, uh, from that perspective. So um, I would keep an eye there. Um, I know some people are on this over this week, but if Watson's out, it's not as attractive, I think, from an over perspective, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, uh, we'll see if he practices this week, but you know, the, the Packers are making a little bit of run here and uh, they're going to need they're going to need a guy like Watson and also uh, Kayshawn Nixon who you saw returned a couple kicks um uh, on Christmas uh, some big kicks including that touchdown you know he he was out with a groin injury uh, during that game just little things like that when you get special teams um guys that can step up uh, in the kick return game like those little things are are hidden points that can help you win so th- those guys are important here so uh you know I'll uh you know, I, I think that uh, they're going to need every weapon possible because uh, this Packers team, sometimes it's hard for them to score. So both of those guys are important. Yeah, certainly it would help to have Christian Watson. I think it's one of the worst past events of the NFL for Aaron and the Packers that are in the thick of a postseason run. Need to win some games and get some help, and it all starts this weekend. Moving on, we have two games left. We're going to the Los Angeles Chargers, hosting the Los Angeles Rams. So no travel necessary for either of these two teams. Um, the Los Angeles Rams coming off that huge 51-point outburst. Uh, Baker Mayfield, the MVP. Him and Mitch Trubisky can go have a drink and talk about being bust high draft picks but winning an MVP award. Um, on the Chargers side, however, they're looking to uh, you know solidify this really good run they're on and bring some momentum into the postseason. But they are looking at some injuries, one to Joey Bosa and when he'll come back now for a lot of the season. And also Derwin James, he was ejected from last night's game for a tough hit, but he was dealing with some injuries prior to that game. So, Tia, do you think uh, James and Bose, Erwin James and Bose are going to be ready to play, or what are you thinking for this matchup here? Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I think I think James definitely out. Like, I can't imagine. Again, this game doesn't mean anything for them, right? Like, I don't even know how much they could even move up. Um, they're locked into the playoff spot. I, I, you know, a guy with a concussion just sit on the next two weeks and then let him, uh, you know, get get healthy for the playoffs. So um, between that and I think Bosa. 
you do need to get some reps out of him. So if he plays, I can just see them using him kind of at a part, part-time basis. I'm not sure how impactful he'll be, but um, he'll definitely needs to get some reps. So he's not rusty going to the playoffs. Um, he's got that stamina. So, um, you know, he's expected to practice this week. We have seen this line tick down from seven uh, at the open um, to uh, down to six and a half. We even saw some sixes earlier. I think that's, uh, you know, indication that, you know, James is probably out and also just the, the, the motivation factor for, for the, for the chargers is just really not as high as, as it could be. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's always tough this time of year, really evaluating motivation. So, um, but I think the James, I, I would expect Derwin James to sit, to be honest. Yeah, no, I totally can understand that. Uh, Rams not playing for much chargers, not either. Cause they're locked and loaded, but maybe some, some momentum, if anything, that they got next week to get that going too. Before we get into our last game, though, T.A., since I will not be on Edge Rush tomorrow, we'll have a guest host for that show. Your Cleveland Browns are heading to Washington to take on my commanders. And just quickly wanted to hear your thoughts on this matchup while I had you here. Um, I know Cam Curl, he was out last week for the commanders. Their safety, one of their better defensive players, should be suited to play, and we have some quarterback controversy in Washington. But just some quick notes, T.A., Browns commanders, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that Washington's favored. I'm not going to lie. Um I think this should be picked. My actually, my number, my season long numbers have the Browns minus one, and that it, it gives uh, Washington credit for home field, which some people wouldn't. But um, <laughs> yeah, and then you know, let's say you, you wanted to drop the Browns a point for for you know for the way they were playing with Brissett versus um, Watson. Plus, maybe they don't have as much motivation because they just got knocked out of the playoffs officially. You know, you can get the pick even minus one to Washington, but I can't imagine. You know, I was on uh, San Francisco last week and. I was like, how could you possibly back Washington when they don't they don't even have confidence in who their quarterback is? I mean, Ron Rivera before that game was hinting at if he doesn't play well that they would bring in Carson Wentz. Like you're going up against the top defense in the NFL. That's a recipe for disaster. Now everyone's uh, you know saw that last drive by uh, Wentz and, and thought that oh maybe he's the answer. But if you watch that game as someone who had San Francisco, I mean he was just that's what he does. Dinks and dunks his way down the field when the defense is playing prevent uh, look, you know, looking at some, some numbers here. I mean, Carson Wentz, people forget when he was playing in his six starts this year, he was 29th out of 33 quarterbacks in EPA and success rate. And he played some really bad pass defenses, the bears, the lions, the Jags, the Titans. I mean, that's three bottom seven pass defenses. And, you know, in Tennessee was 21st when you exclude garbage time commanders are 31st in offense in those games. So, I'm not, and I don't even, honestly, I don't think the players really support him. I think they really liked Heineke. So if they do go to Wentz, I don't know how they can be favored here. Um, and, and one thing that we'll talk about tomorrow and, and next week, a big, uh, you know, historical kind of um, trend that really continues to hit is, you know, fading these teams that are in must-win situations to make the playoffs against teams that don't have anything to play for, like fading the must-win teams, is the way to go. And that's, that's contrary to what you might think. Um, but there's a couple of things at play. One, the line is adjusted a little bit. It's, it's over adjusted because people want to bet the team that is supposed to win. It should win and needs to win uh, at the same time, you know, it gets over adjusted, but these teams seal, there's a lot of pressure there um, and they get tight in certain situations. Plus let's be honest, if you need a win to make a playoffs, you're really not that good of a team to begin with. So you shouldn't be getting that much credit. So there's a couple of factors at play. So historically, you know, fading the, the, those teams that really need the win to, to keep their playoff hopes alive um, isn't a bad, is a good spot to do. So um, 
I would lean the Browns here. I think Deshaun Watson's getting a, you know, hate to say he's getting a bad rap um, for his recent performances when he's had two of the worst weather conditions we've ever seen in the NFL. He actually had a game against the the Ravens. It was a positive EPA game. His success rate on offense was one of the, the highest that the Ravens have given up all season um, from a defense, if you can believe that. And the last game, it was in a windstorm, and they were throwing the ball downfield. Just he has no shot to do anything in that game. So I wouldn't look at what happened in the last two weeks from a pure number standpoint um, and, and take anything away from it. There, he looks a lot better now than he did um, when he first came back. So I think he has a shot to have a decent game. Browns are not going to tank because they have no draft picks in the first round. So the motivation is not an issue. I mean, the Washington defense is great, and that's going to be an issue now that they have Chase Young back. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I think I, I would see kind of a 20-17 to 17 game one way or another, but I would lean Browns. Yeah, so I'm going to have to 100% agree with you on this one. When I was looking at this matchup, I was like, there's no way Washington's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And pretty quickly today around, uh, I want to say, 11 o'clock, it dropped down to two, one-and-a-half as the commanders. And I think this is a situation where this is going to be Deshaun Watson's welcome to Cleveland kind of day. The uh, Cleveland Browns, of course, love to run the football. Washington, one of the best run defenses. And conversely, Washington loves to run the football while the Browns are one of the worst run defenses. So you'd think maybe there's an edge there. But no, I think like you said about Deshaun Watson progress lately, though it doesn't show in the stats because of the conditions he was playing in, I think he's definitely getting more acclimated with that offense. I would definitely have leaned the Browns plus eight and a half in any teaser. And I'd still guess to lean that seven and a half in a teaser too. Uh, I hate to say that I think my guys are toast, but game we should win, need to win. We're not going to do it. Deshaun Watson's going to have a breakout game. But sorry about that little digression. Just wanted to hear from T.I. there about our teams going at it. Last but not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers headed to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And, of course, the question is Lamar Jackson. Will he finally suit up for the Ravens? who have clinched the playoff spot, but that AFC North flow up in the air. Slant open at Baltimore minus four, but it's kind of very quickly come down to Ravens now minus three. Some money coming in on Pittsburgh as these games are always within about a field goal. Um, talk to me, T.A. I'm assuming this line is still pricing in Huntley. And do you think Lamar is close to coming back, or is it just beneficial for the Ravens to give him another week of rest? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's I have no idea from a, a you know specific injury front. Um, if if he's gonna play or not, I don't think anybody knows. Seems like this line movement is telling us that he's not gonna play. I mean, I think the fact that it opened over three was giving some probability to to um Lamar playing, but the more that it trickles down to getting some sharp money on the Steelers here. This is a hunt. This is definitely a Huntley line at three. So, I mean, we just saw Pittsburgh close what minus two in Pittsburgh against Huntley uh, just a couple weeks ago. So the fact that this is three is, is telling us it's likely going to be Huntley, I think at this point. Uh, so, yeah. And the, these two teams, all they do is play close games. So it's like, I mean, you can almost tease uh, the the dog and just go blind with that. <laughs> And just assume that you're going to win because nobody blows each other. You know, neither of these these teams are going to blow each other out. Uh, they don't have the offenses to do it, and these coaching staffs are too good. So, um, you know, I think this is a Huntley line, and it sounds like um, it's going to be Huntley. If Lamar goes, this might get trickle back up to four and a half, five, maybe even six. But uh, for now, it looks like it's Huntley. Yeah, I can certainly see that. And like you mentioned, these guys just always go out and have those close games. Never really victories by margin, so it looks like that four. And I saw my own two odds on the odd screen was eaten up very quickly, and it's down to Ravens minus three. And that's going to do it for day-to-day for this week. Week 17 of the NFL slate kicks off on Thursday. Uh, we really appreciate all the listeners. If you're anywhere you're getting your podcast, if you could leave a rate, a review, and download the pod, it would be truly appreciated. You'll find us on Twitter at 
thehammerhq. You can find TA at Cleave TA, myself at Slime Action. Thank you, everybody, and best of luck on your bets this week.